Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Earlier this week, the top scientific body studying climate change issued a dire warning that rapid, far-reaching, and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society must occur to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius and ensure, quote, a more sustainable and equitable society, end quote. A key focus of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's landmark report is reducing carbon emissions, which currently are more than 40 billion tons per year, by more than 1 billion tons per year over the next decade. As the report authors stress over and over, to achieve this goal, all sectors, including food production and consumption, must make dramatic changes. Given that change is innately uncomfortable for most people, some of the suggestions in the report for achieving this radical transformation that could impact the food production likely will be unpopular, such as converting large swaths of land currently used to produce food to grow trees and to store carbon, or crops designated for energy use. Of course, these suggestions must be balanced with the need to feed a quickly growing population. While the report likely is a wake-up call for many people, many more already are taking steps to improve the sustainability of the food system, including farmers and ranchers, who, according to the new CEO of the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, are the solution to climate change. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Aaron Fitzgerald, who took over the helm of USFRA just over two months ago, talks about the critical and often overlooked role that farmers and ranchers play in meeting the challenge of growing and raising 70% more food in the next 40 years, while also improving the sustainability of land and the overall food system. She also talks about how players farther down the supply chain, including brand manufacturers, can responsibly invest in and market around sustainability in a way that does not reduce the concept to a buzzword or risk diluting it by only having a short-term impact on our overall behavior. Echoing a major sentiment in the IPCC report, Fitzgerald underscores that addressing climate change is the greatest challenge of our time. And the only way to do it successfully is for everyone to work together and recognize the value and skills that each group brings to the table, including farmers and ranchers. It's it's the greatest challenge of our time. And, you know, I think um, what people don't realize is that agriculture is the solution to climate change and is the solution to water stewardship and management. And, you know, I care about land, air, and water. And I'm kind of almost humbled and comforted to know at the same time that 48% of that landmass is in the, in the stewardship and care of farmers. Um, and so the, the real question, I think, for all of us as we imagine the sustainable food systems of the future is how do we enable those farmers and that land base to really do what they do best? And, you know, it's not the Richard Branson solving the X prize of the world. It's really the only known thing that can suck carbon out of the air is a plant and a farmer. And I don't think we're really having that conversation about the untapped potential that 
um, our farmers are really trying. And, you know, I'm, I'm on a mission to really kind of change the conversation that it's every acre and every farmer with, with our help who is going to help climate change. And I don't think that we really realize the potential. Um, and, you know, when you think about sustainable food systems, it's a journey. You know, we can, we can suck down carbon from the air. We can improve our soil. We can improve uh, water quality and, and uh, water quantity and quality in the cycling of water. Um, and we can produce and create climate resiliency through food, sh- food shock systems in the future. And this is really going to be a huge uh, opportunity and challenge. I, I, always, I always joke and I say, you know, it's not like going to the moon for the first time or traversing the ocean. This is the greatest challenge of our time. And if we're not all united on this as a food and agriculture sector um, and we're just kind of doing disservice to the grand challenge before us. One way that she wants to change the conversation around sustainability is to encourage players to stop thinking about sustainability as a destination and rather consider it as an ongoing process that includes stewardship. Sustainability um, is not um, a product or a destination. It's a way of looking at business and making certain that you have the right economics and the right business model in the face of what I would call changing societal and community uh, needs and planetary needs. And it's really making certain that you're consistently looking at your business and it's continuous improvement with that strategic lens. I think we do it a disservice when we try to make it a product or a destination. Um, It's really a philosophy or a way of looking at business um, through that lens that your business is really thriving. Um, And I think one of the things I would say that I think is missing from the conversation of sustainability, just me as a sustainability practitioner, is that, you know, I really learned from my farmers, when we started the conversation about sustainability, they really felt it was a buzzword because there was a bigger word that was missing, and that being stewardship. And I kept saying, what? You know, like, stewardship was one of those old words, um, but it was like, you know, you have to have the values and the commitment to leave this land better. And if you don't have the values and commitment, how are you going to really make your business model work? So we we changed the way we talk about sustainability of stewardship or the values and commitment to leave this land better for the next generation. And then sustainability is about making those values work in and out of the day-to-day business models of the future. Um, And so I think you can't have the sustainability conversation without looking at your culture and the the organization and the values that you're putting forth. that's why I'm really excited and humbled to work with farmers because they know they they know they have a culture of, of really believing and working on this for, for generations. Fitzgerald noted that many of the strategies that farmers and ranchers already employ to improve the sustainability of the food system are both high and low tech. A lot of our farmers are we're getting a lot more uh, technology that relates to soil health and soil precision. Um, you're seeing a, a lot more um, foot-till, no-till, conservation tillage practices, um, didn't cover crops where they work. They, everyone has, you know, tends to think that, you know, a practice works everywhere. It doesn't necessarily. Um, it, I, you're seeing a lot more precision related to 
each bit of acreage. You know, um, I've even seen primers show me like, well, this part of the acre is, you know, not as effective as this one. So the level of precision and the knowledge that we're seeing is increasing. And I think that um, agricultural sciences as a whole has so much um, improvement. Culture is seeing a lot of technology, but there's also, you know, what I would call low tech. Um, you know, the things, they're not going to be as glamorous, you know, the manure or they're, you know, pivot pumps or, you know, fence rows. And um, it's not as easy for us to, like, take pictures of it, I guess, on the farm and show everybody. Um, but, you know, if you ever meet a farmer, they're, they, they do a lot with a little and they're very ingenuitive <laughs> on their farm. And I don't know if anybody even get what they just did, you know. Um, we have a bet. we need to do a better job in showing um the type of continuous improvement they're constantly tinkering with on their farm. Fitzgerald says that much of what farmers and ranchers do to improve the sustainability of the food system is going unnoticed, and they need the opportunity to share their efforts with the world, whether that's at conferences, in boardrooms, or through partnerships with brands in their marketing. Um, I, farmers have so much information to share when it comes to the questions of where does your food come from, there's no one better to teach that than a farmer. Um, so, you know, I, I see our job at U.S. Farmers and Ranchers is to bring farmers into the conversations where sustainable supply chain conversations are, are being discussed, where marketing decisions are being discussed, and really hear from a farmer of what this really means. Um, it's just, I think, maybe creating the words that, instead of creating two worlds, we get the farmers to explain and marketers maybe can help us tell the story better. Um, there's no reason why we can't bring farmers to Wall Street more often or into a board meeting more often. Um, they have a lot of knowledge and can help us get there. Um, and so that, that's really the mission of U.S. farmers and ranchers is to um, not only tell the story but also lead the future on the conversations related to the sustainable food systems of the future and work with and through the brands, retailers, financial institutions, and thought leaders on how we're going to get there because we can't just keep turning and asking the farmers to do it. This is a partnership, and um, it is one of the greatest challenges of our time, and we got to work together. In the same breath that Fitzgerald is calling for help telling farmers and ranchers stories, she fears that sustainability may become a buzzword that's hollowed out of its full meaning and impact. And we need to make certain that we are truly being responsible for how we talk about these things because there is this thing called climate change and there is this thing in the future and we need to be preparing the consumer for that reality. And, and quite frankly, you know, we've got a great story to tell here in the United States. We've got amazing farmers doing amazing things in these supply chains. And, you know, there is an opportunity to lift up the, those um, stories. It's not doom and gloom. I think when we use uh, fear-based marketing, we really, uh, I guess, do a disservice to the incredible precision that is happening on these farms. I'm very concerned if it becomes a buzzword. Um, almost every farmer I know is doing some sort of um, soil restoration on their farm. Um, we just need to be, we need to, I think, start changing the conversation to outcome-based conversations where we're really looking at, tell me about improved soil health, tell me about what you're doing on your farm, tell me about wildlife restoration and habitat and water management. These farmers have the stories. Um, but when we try to get a buzzword, you know, then you try to, like, 
go back and quantify. It's like, well, unless we can quantify the amount of carbon storage and have been farms, I have I'm concerned that we start um, creating more of a, a marketing plan um, that becomes a buzzword. But there are many of these stories that are happening on the farms, and I, I do think lifting up those stories and getting um, the soil restoration and the soil sequestration that's happening on these farms into the, into the consumer is exactly what we need to be doing. Um, you know, I, I think I saw some consumer research that short of putting a fireman or a wounded veteran on a package of farmers, the next best thing. You know, there's a lot of great stories out there of these farmers that are really, you know, creating huge changes in their communities. Despite Fitzgerald's fears, some brands already are telling farmers' stories in an increasingly sophisticated manner. For example, Annie's recently created a limited edition macaroni and cheese made from ingredients farmed regeneratively. On the package, the brand introduces consumers to the idea of soil health and what it takes to protect and improve the land. While farmers and ranchers must be responsible for their fair share of creating a more sustainable food system, the full burden is not theirs to bear alone. For example, Fitzgerald notes that there are many steps that manufacturers and consumers can take to better, quote, honor the harvest by reducing food waste. When it comes to food, um, you know, 34% of the food, your food print, like if what it takes to give you food, sustenance, is wasted. And then 10% can be to overconsumption. And so, you know, what food is the most sustainable? It's like, the real question is, what are you doing to recognize that food is the greatest natural resource and nutrition and sustenance that is on your plate? And you need to honor that harvest and make certain that you are not taking too much, eating diverse and healthy foods, and not wasting it. And when it comes to true sustainability, social sustainability, recognize as well that 41 million Americans are food insecure. Um, so contributing in your community and understanding, you know, the true impact related to food, both and its social consequence and its importance, is also part of that ability to honor the harvest. And, and then if you do recognize that food is the greatest natural resource harvested from our land, don't throw it away. You know, when you put it in the landfill, it just goes away. Where is the way anyway? Um, you know, may I take your plate away? Where is the way going? And that food has incredible value when it's thrown into a landfill. It then generates methane, and it's one of the larger sources of, of environmental consequence, and that's why it really adds up. But it also has nitrogen and phosphorus that can be recycled as natural fertilizer back into the farmscape. So um, we need to recognize our role. We started a recycling movement years ago. We need to recognize our role in the food cycle. And um, you know, I'm on a mission to help people understand what it takes to honor the harvest in the 21st century. We all have a part to play. Um, and we can't just put it on the backs of farmers. You know, we have to think about our role in that food system. A lot of it you're seeing is portion control, right, and making certain that um, the packaging, the shelf life, all of that is making certain that that food that is harvested from the land is actually protected and preserved and kept to make certain that that high-quality nutrition is available. Um, that is actually the function of packaging and processing. And 
And as long as it can eliminate waste and protect what was uh, harvested, it's a, it's a huge function that those products play. And I think as well, we have underestimated um, food availability. Um, we've got a lot of work to still do here in, in the United States. Um, we all, as marketers, tend to go after, um, you know, niche consumers or high, more high margin. But, um, you know, there's also an opportunity, a true opportunity, to come up with innovative solutions to address those 41 million Americans that are food insecure. And then I would say, finally, to complete that food cycle is really, um, there's some major innovative companies that are really looking at new concerns. They use every bit of resources, um, you know, or scraps. Um, some companies are, you know, feeding really, you know, you see almond. Almond holes are fed to, if you're making almonds, they're fed back to dairy cows. And in many ways, that might be the almond milk, milk equation. Um, they're to really think through how they can utilize both that urban and farm rural intersect uh, taking one product and getting it back to the farm to be recycled the product or co-products coming from that plant. In the, in the hierarchy, you know, human consumption is, is the best, um, then, you know, an animal, so you can convert plant inedible foods into high-quality nutrition, and then ultimately, you know, compost and digesters um, to be able to create strip energy and resources out of that to, and then for soil amendment. Um, there's a great website um, called furtherwithfood.org, um, which is a group of 12 NGOs have kind of gotten together to kind of bring the best resources together to kind of really help people start thinking of this food cycle. Um, and it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity and huge impact. Um, saves money and um, you're also, you know, extending that carbon cycle and extending the nutrition in, in many cases as well. Given all the work that's being done but still needs to be done, Fitzgerald hopes to better position farmers and ranchers as resources for addressing climate change and sustainability concerns in the future. One way she says she'll do that is by creating a digital space called The Hive, where farmers can talk with consumers and where other industry players can get facts about farming and ranching. She also wants to ensure that there is an open dialogue between farmers, ranchers, and others in the industry, and so she's encouraging people to reach out and let USFRA know what questions and needs they have. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment, and to ensure that you remember, I'll also encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.